homily. <laughs> I'd like to entitle this homily, Moments of Misunderstanding. Wouldn't it be interesting to go through the Gospels and pull out all of the passages where people misunderstand Jesus? There'd be a lot of passages. <laughs> so today's passage from the Gospel of John is, is one of those passages where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. He's talking about being... And in the Greek, it's a double entendre. The, the phrase could mean either being born again or being born from above. It, it kind of, it could mean either. And uh, so there's this misunderstanding that Nicodemus has. How, you know, can a man crawl back into his mother's womb? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and Jesus kind of, you know, rebukes him for being a teacher of Israel, but not being able to understand things. And, um, so there are a lot of these moments. Um, can you think of any others, uh, significant moments where people just really had a hard time understanding what is he talking about? The bread of life, John 6, right? A lot of people are like, we're out of here. They took off. It's like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know? Um, other passages, uh, it's clear when Jesus predicted his passion. You know, talked about the cross. People are like, oh, St. Peter in particular, right? Like, oh, I'll never let that happen. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? So moments of misunderstanding. And um, on the one hand, I want to side with the people who misunderstand Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's this, like the part of me that wants to root for the underdog. Like, come on, Jesus, you're kind of hard to understand sometimes. But um, we need to fast forward the tape. And the thing is, there were a lot of things that Jesus said that maybe at the moment, like the moment that he was saying it, it kind of didn't make sense. And it was mysterious and it was like, you know, provocative and, and invited a deeper kind of recollection. Um, for example, the Beatitudes. <laughs> You know, how happy you will be, how blessed when you're mourning. <laughs> you know, this kind of things are, are, are uh, interesting that Jesus says. And um, from our perspective, we are a post-resurrection, post-Pentecost people. You know, it's like after the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, the giving of the Holy Spirit, there's an ability to see and ponder Jesus' teachings in a totally different light through the gift of faith. And uh, there are other moments when you see that uh, the light bulbs are coming on, the dots are getting connected because of the gift of the Spirit. It's so important. Um, and you'll see either moments when people, with the help of God, did understand. For example, when St. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus says, well done, and it was not flesh and blood that revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. So there's a distinction there, like there's, there's an understanding that comes from, it's a gift from God, and that's the gift of faith. Um, and uh, there's an analogy to what I'm saying here, to the actual resurrection of Jesus. Um, what do I mean by that? When uh, we think about the resurrection of Jesus, which, you know, it's Easter season, it's not that he just came back to life. It's not like it's the 
Same Jesus who's like now back from the dead, kind of like Lazarus was, you know. Uh, the resurrection, of that's re resuscitation. The resurrection of Jesus is something completely and totally unique and different. It's the same body of Jesus, the same body that was in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the same body that walked the dusty streets of the Holy Land, the same body that died on the cross and was buried, and yet it's different. <laughs> it's glorified, right? So it's not just a coming back to life. He kind of went through life, and he's like outside of space and time, and he's got a glorified body. It's the same body, yet it's different, and it's just mysterious. We'll have one of those at the end of time. Our, you know, the resurrection, but uh, we're not exactly sure what that's going to be like, but it's going to be awesome. No more being adversely affected by hot and cold. The resurrected body, it's going to be fine. Summer... Winters, you know, it's everything. Okay. Um, so the, but you have to understand that the idea of the resurrected, glorified body of Jesus, like, you just, it's so weird and mysterious and unthinkable. Like, you're just not going to have any idea about that apart from the gift of faith. It's like the Trinity, one God, three persons. Like, you cannot come up with that on the level of human reasoning. Actually, on the level of human reasoning, it doesn't sound right. It sounds contradictory. Um, so uh, just as the resurrected body of Jesus is the same body, yet really different, and it's quite hard to understand, so I think a lot of Jesus' teachings are like that as well. You know, The Beatitudes only make sense in the light of eternity. You know, um, Some of the other things, being born again, being born from above... It's the theology of baptism that makes sense of what he was talking about. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. It makes no sense apart from the Eucharist being somehow the resurrected body of Christ. So it's, it's the same, but it's different. It's glorified. It's mystical. It's, it's mysterious, you know. Now, that being said, how does it apply to us? Well, I think it applies to us on a lot of levels. One of which I will now talk about. Um, you know, when you are a priest, you, part of the priesthood is that you have lots of conversations with lots of people. You know, it's just, it's, unless you're a hermit somewhere in Monticello, New York, <laughs> you, talk, you, you talk to a lot of people. A lot of times it's happening in the confessional, but in other times as well. And, and it's, it's beautiful to have conversations with people and to, to listen to them talking about their struggles or their sins or, you know, just their struggles. And uh, it's been amazing to me to have these moments where I'm there, I'm a priest and I'm listening, and to hear people talk about where they're at with things. And sometimes it'll happen that a person who is a Catholic Maybe they grew up in a Catholic family. Maybe they even went to Catholic school or somebody who's, you know, it's not a heathen or a pagan. Like This is a Catholic. And as they talk, you realize that the, the faith is not in the picture at all. Or as they explain their struggles or they, they try to articulate how they see their life and like their understanding of like a moral situation and it has no reference to Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, or, you know, the teachings of the church, or, you know, it's like, they sound like a non-believer. 
Now, I could say that, and I just did say that, in a manner upon which I'm up here up high looking down upon these people who are like, what's wrong with them? But the reality is, is that it even happens to me. <laughs> Examining my conscience when I go to confession, I can talk about that. Um, and you realize like some of my ideas, some of my ways of seeing things, it's not influenced by the gospel. It's not influenced by anything Jesus taught. It's influenced by you know, modern American culture. And that's where conversion is needed, huh? And uh, so if you uncover a little something like that in your own life, don't be sad or shocked or you realize that maybe you weren't as Christian as you thought you were. <laughs> You know, <laughs> because it's hard, it's difficult. Some of the Christian theology, the morality, you know, whether it be the, what God has revealed about, you know, even the vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience, you know, it's like, it's part of that kind of life. Is, it's counterintuitive to what, how things, we see things as humans, right? Um, so it takes a gift of faith. It takes a post-resurrection, post-Pentecost kind of perspective. You know, those moments of misunderstanding are an invitation to go deeper and to, to really make an effort to be, you know, formed and influenced by the gospel, formed and influenced by what Jesus has taught, by what the church teaches, what God has revealed. And uh, to the degree that, that we make efforts to do that, there are layers and levels of conversion, and it's painful. And in our human hearts, we want to say, Pain equals not good. <laughs> but our faith teaches us it may be pain could be good. And it's really Christians who could say things like, no pain, no gain. You know, um, the greater the struggle, the greater the glory. And so let's pray for that grace, huh? that the Easter perspective, the, uh, the gift of faith, the, that uh, an insight that we can have not only from God, um, that that would take more deep root in our hearts. Huh? Um, I'll conclude with an analogy. If you only had one eye, you would be a pirate. No. <laughs> if you, if you, I don't know if this works. Tell me if this works. If you only have one eye, you see actually in two dimensions. Did you know that? You can't see uh, depth perception with one eye. Uh, you can only see uh, 2D with one eye. But if you have two eyes, that's the trick that allows you to see in 3D and allows you to, to judge depth and distance. Um, and the same is true for your ears, actually. If you only had one ear, uh, you can't tell how far away something is or whatever. It's two ears that uh, just as two eyes see depth perception, two ears, hear stereo, and you can judge distances by hearing. Uh, so could that be like symbolic for us of like faith and reason? You know, reason alone is just like one eye or one ear, but with the gift of faith, it's like two eyes, it's like two ears. We hear in stereo, we see in 3D. And uh, anyways, I don't know if that's helpful, but I found it really interesting. So God bless you. Happy Easter. <laughs>